Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hey guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. I'm so excited because our one of our first guests has joined us again, Dr. Natalia Spearings. Welcome back. We are so happy to have you. Um, I would love to talk about sunscreen with you today because... That is a big topic um, that everybody's talking about, and just you know, get your information, get your advice about it. Cool, thank you for having me. But well, you're yeah. not in a sunny place right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Are you in very cold New York State? Or uh, yeah, I am. I'm in New York. I'm in New York State. Yes, and I have to go upstate a lot, so it's really cold. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cold. It's really cold here today. I'm in, in sunny England, which is not so sunny. Um, so yeah, this is a great time to be talking about sunscreen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 30th of November. Let's talk about sunscreen. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, good, good. Let's talk about sunscreen. Um, yeah. But I think it's, you know, it's a, it's an, it's an all year round topic, regardless of where you live, yeah. because um, people still wear sunscreen in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't, but I'm sure right. people do. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about sunscreen. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you know, for the people that do wear it in the winter <laughs> or yeah. really anytime, uh, what do you, okay. So what do you know about sunscreen from a dermatology standpoint? I know that you discussed previously, like you told me a little bit about it before when we talked about mineral and chemical and all the, you know what I mean? All the different stuff. But what, when you think about sunscreen as a consulting dermatologist, like, what do you think? you know, as broad of a question. <laughs> when I think about sunscreen, what do I think? I think yeah. that um, we are all too obsessed with sunscreen. Yeah. 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 So I think um, that that's, that's yeah, that would be my, my first yeah. thought. So one of my most annoyed, annoying questions, and this is always comes at the end of a clinic consult- consultation. It just as about the, the patient's about to leave the room and they're like, Oh, by the way, which sunscreen do you recommend? Like guaranteed every single appointment I have with every single patient will end with that. And that's, I have to take a big sigh of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and cause I, I, there is no sunscreen I recommend. So, yeah. and it, this is a whole conversation. So I have to be like, okay, right. Well, and I'm not saying that you should go in the sun. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that sunscreen is not enough. So sunscreen shouldn't be the first thing you think about when you think about protecting your skin from the sun. That's the last thing you think. It's like a bonus. Like sunscreen is um, an additional protection. It is not an alternative to clothing. It is not an alternative to staying in the shade. It's an extra thing. And when you're living your normal life in a normal, sorry, not normal country, in a non perhaps super sunny country, and you're going outside and you're getting in the car and you're driving for 10 minutes or you're, uh, I don't know, popping outside to get your mail or something, you don't need to have sunscreen on for those yeah. life events. But if you're going to be out in intense sunscreen, for example, you're going to the beach for the day, you're going for a long hike or something, then I would say that sunscreen, yes, you should 
probably wear it anyway, but your first line of defense should be your clothing and covering up and like your wide brimmed hat and your big sunglasses. Now, what is your opinion about all these products that are like now talking about blue light from phones and saying how we need to wear sunscreen because the blue light is affecting our skin. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but, but it's that's, really, that's, that's the marketing behind it, right? It's like they keep saying you use your phone a lot, you're in front of your computer a lot, so you need to protect your skin from blue light. And it's like, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so blue, the idea of a blue light is that because the, the wavelength of blue light is very close to the wave, the higher wavelength of UVA light, which is yeah. the deeper penetrating um, wavelength that we don't see. So it's the not visible UV radiation. So that is 380 is kind of the max of, of, um, of UVA. And then above 380, you get into your blue light and then your green and then your, your kind of your visible light spectrum. So the idea there is that this blue light has a wavelength that's similar to UVA. So why is the cutoff just like 380? Do you know what I mean? So surely blue light is causing dermal damage because UVA penetrates deeper into the skin. It penetrates into the dermis. And that's what causes, you know, supposedly, well, it causes the oxidative damage that then affects your collagen and then makes you age. So right. blue light is there for aging. Um, I mean... We do have some studies looking at this and from memory, and I can't quote the study, but um, that that's all just nonsense. There is no evidence to suggest that your light from your phone increases your risk of skin cancer or aging. Right, right. That being said, we haven't been using these screens for that long. Yeah. You yeah. know, remember back in the day when the screens were black with green letters? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Because I'm old enough to remember when computers... oh me too oh yeah oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah so when computers didn't have all these colors when computers yeah. were were black with green you remember those and they were yes why boxes. why have you introduced color <laughs> yeah. so the day that i saw a color screen i was like oh my god so to be fair um we haven't had them around and obviously the phone thing is a fairly new concept too so well you remember when everybody was like phone like using your phone causes like ear cancer yes like, what was it like <laughs> Yes, I remember that time. Um, and everyone's like, no, that's not true. And that completely like, you know, people thought that mobile phones caused brain tumors. Yeah. 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 That was, that's what it was. That's yep. It was. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's not true. Well, we think it's not true. So the same with this. I mean, I think, you know, maybe in 50 years, they'll be like, oh my gosh, the computer screens gave everyone skin cancer. But, you know, I just don't, I don't think the. I think from the studies in the, the kind of physics literature, I've read about this, um, where I've basically been able to say, no, that's not true. Um, you know, it's not strong enough. Um, you know, you're not really subjecting your skin to it properly through the light. Um, you know, so it's not necessary to have like a blue light filter. That being said, or that sunscreens will still protect you from that. Right. Um, though mainly it'll be um, the inorganic, so the mineral sunscreens, which reflect the light as opposed to the chemical sunscreens, because the chemical sunscreens, from they absorb the high energy UV radiation um, and convert it to anything above kind of 380 nanometers, if that makes any sense. So, um, yeah. and that's what we consider long wave radiation above 380 to be harmless.
Well, you know, I also, and that's so interesting because that's really, I mean, that's technically what's going on. But my concern mostly, and the reason I wanted you to speak on on uh, sunscreen is because I feel like, you know, there's this conversation about anti-aging is what is really propagating this. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. of course, there's cancer, right? Yeah. And every, not, but not every, you know, Joe Schmo on the street is worried about skin cancer, right? It's like yeah, of all, most of them are buying into it. Most people are buying into sunscreen because they don't want to age and they don't want to look like they have wrinkles they don't want to have all these things so um you know can we talk about the word anti-aging because it's a, a complete hunk of bs you oh, know yeah, so that word <laughs> but, no, but you have to remember too that no one has ever proven that sunscreen inhibits skin aging in humans yeah so that's okay. never been shown okay. of course to show okay. that would be difficult um you know, because you'd need to do a, a fairly long-term, we're talking very long-term study, and it may be slightly unethical in a way. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's never been, sh- sunscreen use has never been shown to prevent, I don't want to say anti-aging, but prevent the signs of photo-aging. Yes. That, that would yes. be the more correct. So yeah, the, you, what did you want to talk about? Anti-aging is, I, I don't like that word because... Yeah, it's a stupid word. It's just a stupid word. Like it's it's I the reason I bring it up to you is because I had a conversation um a little bit ago. I was talking to one of the um the editors that I invited on, and she mentioned how she also hates the word anti aging, and it's like the, it need you guys. We just need to move away from that word. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the when I think about aging, I think the first product is sunscreen that comes to, because I think that's what people utilize the most to go with it. And I know a lot of these companies are are profiting off of that word and then telling people, hey, this is gonna prevent you from aging. And sunscreen is important for that, rather than saying you can have you might have an increased risk for skin cancer based on genetics or whatever you know what i mean yeah that's not that's not even the marketing being used i think that's my main problem is that if they were if they were marketing it in a way that was like more cancer driven right and then pathology driven it would be a little bit more understanding but when you're just saying something like this is going to stop you aging yeah and that's that's a a totally unsubstantiated claim though the idea that it can uh, prevent skin cancer has a more sound evidence base, so perhaps not as good as we want it to to be. I think the the, right. the more the the more kind of scientific thing to say is that sun sun exposure UV radiation is known as a fact to cause non melanoma skin cancer on the head and neck. So mm. and then so the flip of that is okay. So if you use sunscreen, are you therefore preventing skin cancer? Well, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully, um, it's not yeah. gonna. It shouldn't cause skin cancer on the other side. Um, do you know what I mean? So it's probably yeah. fine to use and safe to do so, though I can't guarantee that if you wear sunscreen every day for your whole life, you will never have a skin cancer. Right, right. So, but, uh, and that's, that's, yeah, that's the conversation. That's that needs but to what be. more likely is, is, is that if you were to not go in with your head and neck or face in the sun ever and never get a suntan and never get sunburn, so keep your face totally protected, then you are... I can't guarantee you won't have a skin cancer, but your likelihood of having a skin cancer is much, 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 much reduced. Yeah. Talking, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Non-melanoma skin cancer. So so can you elaborate on that? Like melanoma skin cancer versus not? Yeah. So well, so, there's, so there's two families of skin cancer, if you will. Um, and so we call them, we basically differentiate them that way because melanoma is, well, it, for me, the reason why they're differentiated is because melanoma is kind of life-threatening and non-melanoma yeah. skin cancer generally is not. So um, that's one way to think about it. So, uh, skin cancers are named based on the cells they derive from. So just like cancer, the pancreas comes from pancreatic cells. 
Um, melanoma derives from melanocytes. So those are the pigment containing cells of the skin or the pigment making cells of the skin. And those live right, right at your basement membrane. So melanoma are, is a cancer where you have a melanocyte that grows in an uncontrolled way. And um, that type of cell can then uh, kind of invade the lymphatics and can spread to the rest of your body and can cause, you, you know, can, can kill people. Yeah. So that, that's melanoma. Basal cell carcinoma and squamous cell carcinoma come from basal cells and squamous cells, which are different cells in the skin as well, mainly well, in the epidermis. And those mm-hmm. are, we call them non-melanoma because they're not from melanocytes. And those yeah, generally yeah. don't spread or kill you. Um, and they are, they're kind of, um, because the cells they derive from are kind of higher up, slightly higher up in the epidermis, they kind of sit on the skin. And um, mm. they're, it look, they look different. And they tend to occur on the head and neck. And we are virtually completely sure that they come from sun exposure. Okay, so, okay. And the non-melanoma group, Though they don't kill you. So basal cell carcinomas are the most common cancer of all time, like of all all cancers. And um, they don't kill you, but they are, they can be disfiguring because they generally happen on the face. And then they, they're like, you know, if you heard rodent ulcers, do you guys call them that? Yeah. yeah. So they're the rodent and they're called rodent ulcers, which is horrible because they're like skin colored and they can ulcerate and be these horrible looking nodules. But yeah. because they're skin colored and kind of, um, they kind of initially when they start, people don't notice them. Yeah, they blend, they blend in. in. And like a mole, yeah. hence they're not, they're not always brown, but they generally, generally are brown. They look funny, you know, on their body, on their body and stuff like that. On the face, patients don't notice them. And you think, oh gosh, this little thing on my face doesn't really heal or this little bubble on my nose doesn't seem to go away. And then people yeah. leave them and then they just grow very slowly over time. And then by the time they see someone about it, because it's, like bleeding all the time it's quite large um and it, oh, and then wow. when you remove them it you know you have to then fix the hole and then you leave a scar so that's a very long explanation for that but those are the main mm-hmm. um differences and people don't really think about non-melanoma skin cancer especially younger people because it, it generally it, you don't hear people dying yeah you know, it's not all this yeah. it's all very like dramatic in that sense but it is dramatic in the sense that it can be like totally disfiguring um Right, and uh, they tend to occur in younger people. Well, that's that's the thing is that you know I understand there's always going to be like, um, you know, you know how every case there's one that's the extreme and then one that's average, right? So it's like one thing I want I think people need to understand is not all skin cancer is going to be like this detrimental, like you know, like just ruins your life, like you're gonna die, like what you just said, basically, you know, it's. And 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 even if it is, my biggest question is, is slathering on any kind of product going to prevent that? Because from what you're saying, yeah, sun exposure, right? But it's like, do we really understand exactly what is happening to cause this damage? I mean, um, I I don't know much about that, so that that's where I'm I'm confused about where the whole sunscreen and the protection aspect comes in. Um, you, I mean, we do know that ox, like UVB light and UVA light cause, um, ox, you know, oxidation of melanin, which then results in tanning, but can also cause oxidative damage. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's what is believed to be happening is that, um, you know, the UV light activates P, the P53 gene. I think that's a tumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's a, not a tumor, it's an apoptosis 
Apoptosis, yeah. yeah. P53, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, the UV light activates P53 within a cell, and then the cell should be destroyed if the damage is considered to be bad enough. Um, yeah. And so, or DNA repair should be initiated. But if the um, kind of apoptosis doesn't work or, um, you know, uh, it, it deactivates the P53 gene and then the damaged cell allow, is allowed to divide or whatever, this kind of genetic thing, something goes awry um, yeah. and it doesn't prevent the abnormal cell from, repro- or it uh, doesn't prevent the, it allows the abnormal cell to reproduce by not preventing it from reproducing. Oh my gosh, that's confusing. You get what I mean? Then you, yeah. you develop a skin cancer over time. So from a molecular or cellular point of view, that's what kind of a very headline idea is that UV radiation, um, you know, the cells that have been damaged by UV radiation should have um, the P53 gene activated. But if that doesn't happen, then apoptosis doesn't occur. And then you have a damaged cell that replicates, which I think Mm. is a concept behind most cancers. Yeah. 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 You're right. Um, it's just un- unregulated, uh, you know, cell growth and cell division, basically. That's yeah, what exactly. it is. It's yeah. the UV yeah. light that activates the apoptosis, but then it doesn't, as in, because by damaging the cell, UV light, UV light damages the cell, activates apoptosis, but sometimes that doesn't activate as it should. And because yeah. the cell doesn't die, it just gets damaged. And then it starts to replicate as a damaged cell. And then you have these dodgy yeah. cells like a multiple damaged cells now what is that whole i'm just gonna ask you for myself because i remember in medical school they taught us that one example of the um what is it the dimer formation um because of uv light yes oh i know is that really a big cause for skin cancer or is that i don't know (laughs) i don't either god this is like taking me back to like cellular molecular kind of immunology kind of Right. But it's like that was their that was their shining example in medical school. It was like, you know, this is what it is, you know, skin cancer. <laughs> like cool. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure, but from I mean what I kind of understand very headline is about this P fifty three apoptosis business. Um but yeah, that's what it's UV light yeah. doing UV light is doing that. And I think that's part of um, also skin aging, but the skin aging thing is probably more to do with kind of um, the damage to the collagen and the oxidation to the collagen and in the dermis and so on. Yeah. So, yeah. And now, now one thing I want to ask, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but I really want to get your opinion. Now with the whole COVID thing um, going on, obviously people are all staying inside, yeah. you know, I hope. <laughs> Let's hope that people are staying inside. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, with that comes its own problems, right? So in terms of, like, skin health, is there something that comes to your mind when it comes to, you know, excessive levels of just being indoors? Or is that okay? Well, I think I think the thing you're kind of getting at is vitamin D. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So this keeps changing all these um, rules or thoughts regarding um, uh, what we should be doing with vitamin D. So I, I just follow along with what the British Association of Dermatologists says, which is probably similar to what the American Academy of Dermatology says, um, which yeah. is, you know, the, the guidance that supplementing all year round for anyone over the age of four um, with a vitamin D supplement of 400 IU a day for healthy, normal, healthy people is optimal yeah. for vitamin D. Though vitamin D is such a controversial topic because no one really knows what the optimum levels are. 
Um, you yeah. know, no one really knows what the optimum sun exposure is for, for adequate vitamin D. Um, yeah. You know, no one even knows whether all this stuff about how vitamin D is so important is actually true. So um, yeah. what I tend to tell patients is don't worry about vitamin D in terms of sun exposure. If you're going to be inside all the time, you know, if you're really worried, it's, there's no harm in supplementing with a little supplement. But most yeah. of the food that you eat is also supplemented with vitamin D or fortitude. Right. Like in right. the United States, your bread, I think, is, and so are most of your Kellogg cereals. Yes, and milk. milk. Like, we have this, like, yeah, the milk that's supplemented or, like, enriched with more vitamin D than normal or something Yeah, and like I think that. they even do that to, like, almond milk here and things like that. Oh. I think they yeah. do that, but um, I don't super pay attention to that. But, so, but in terms of, like, actual... Sun exposure, like during all this lockdown COVID stuff, at least in the UK, where we were basically told we could only go outside for like an hour a day at first, um, even on a cloudy day, if you go outside and expose your hands and your face to sunlight for 15 to 30 minutes, a couple times a week, that's thought to be acceptable for vitamin D levels to be normal. So yeah. it doesn't yeah. have to be excessive. It, there's even been a study to show um, that uh, even if you're wearing sunscreen, that's okay. It's still, um, right. you know, fine for vitamin D to be um, made in your in your body. And then that's what I was going to ask you, because I was like, it does because I know that the there's like a in the mechanism, it's the light activating vitamin D. Yeah. Right. So it's like, does that get hindered at all with the sunscreen? But I think you just answered that. So apparently it does. Okay, well, that's that, a very good, good yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, I don't think it I, I don't know how it would, but you know that's interesting i would like to see more is there i don't know if there's enough literature out there about that i want to yeah i mean one. there is and i there i just there was recent like recent meeting more like two months ago where i did that that paper came across my my little stork paper thing and i was like oh yeah this is a good one and i read about the whole thing about sunscreen um and uh by me someone did study that and i can't i would have to look through and find you that reference but um i even think yeah. i put it on instagram somewhere <laughs> I'm going to go back to your, by the way, your Instagram is amazing. You guys out there, everyone listening, please, please, please go follow Dr. Natalia Spearings. It's Dr. Natalia Spearings. She, you're, I love your Instagram, Natalia, honestly. I mean, this is the most candid amount of information you're going to get, I think, in my opinion, on Instagram from a dermatologist. So please go out and, you know, please follow her. Um, I, you know, one thing I want to say though, Natalia, is I know you get a lot of backlash and a lot of people like, you know, they, they take what you say and they run with it, but it's like, um, you know, I will say that to anyone listening, you know, when, when you're giving advice, it's not like, you know, it's not something that's like going at people. And I think that's important to address, right? Because the the dermatologists are getting a lot of heat right now. And instead of getting, you, you know, we should be listening to dermatologists, not saying, well, why didn't you use this word instead of this one? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. We, I mean, there are some, and I, there are some dermatologists who are very commercial and they're trying to sell stuff and all of this stuff. Yes. Yeah. There are people like that. Um, but for the most part, you know, we're all kind of scared of being on social media and saying anything because like, we don't want it's taken to the GMC or to the, the general medical, you know, we don't want to be reported for saying something incorrect or do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of fear. Yeah. And um, it's not helpful uh, if we get attacked for what we say, especially if we're correct. So, um, right. but so it is, it's just not, um, it's just, it's, it, if I am saying something incorrect, then obviously, yes, please tell me. Um, but generally we're all so careful with what we say. 
that yeah you know all yeah. doctors are on social media i would imagine you know i mean yeah they we would have, have to be, be. so we have to you be. have to be careful yeah. because it is your person your professional reputation and then if someone slags off my professional reputation or my or my personal reputation on social media because they don't like one of my posts you know that affects me personally and professionally um and you know you it's just not very nice but yeah i, I you should expect it you know what I mean? yeah no no i want i want to say this and i want to say this very clearly to people out there because you are providing a free service okay let's just keep that in mind it is not something you get paid to do it is something that you are your passion and you're you're putting information out there that is um backed with real research real papers real clinical experience and the last thing that we need to be focusing on is how to get natalia sparings on the one word you use versus another one i mean that stuff drives me nuts I think I saw your post the other day trying to clarify what you meant. And I just, I was shaking my head because I'm like, why does she need to further clarify something that's rooted in science? You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's I, just, I, I, I think really, really like, where I'm like, you have to question everything. And then I, that was yes. I had so much backlash for that. I'm like, what are you, I'm just telling you to question what you read. Right. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know. I, I recorded something because I wanted to like back you up, like, you know, because I was like, what is going on? Like, why are you mad? Because she's telling you yeah, what the truth so is. And you, anyway. yeah. No, but I mean, honestly, going back to that message is like, yes, question everything. That is the foundation of science. If you cannot question things and if you cannot put things into this, you know, this gray area and then wonder, then what is but the that, purpose, right? But that is it's like, it's so it's so relevant with um, especially with like skincare and dermatology, because you get given we all get thrown so many messages like even about sunscreen, like we just get battered down the, you know, what I'm trying to say, like, you must wear sunscreen every day. You must wear sunscreen. If you don't wear sunscreen, you're going to, you know, get look old tomorrow. And, it, you know, this is the only way to keep yourself looking healthy or whatever. I mean, we have, we, have, and it's yeah. so much like um, guilt when people don't wear sunscreen. Um, the, yeah. the patient guilt, you know, the patients are still like, oh, gosh, I, oh, my melasma got a little bit darker yesterday because I forgot to put enough sunscreen on. It's like, no, it's not going to be from one day, you know? <laughs> so, right. So, no, don't right. worry. And I, and, well, it's, it's a cult yeah, mentality, a cult I feel mentality. like, at this point. It's, it's yeah. like, um, and it comes from, I mean, I think it comes from the skincare industry who are obviously selling sunscreen and, um, you know, yeah. and saying, you know, yeah. that you have to wear this every day. Uh, I mean, I have patients who have, like, they get a, a basal cell on their face. And then I, because my main job is to cut out skin cancers from people's faces. And I do that most of the day. And it's amazing to me when a patient's like, oh, you know, and they say, why did I, in the middle of the surgery, they'll say, you know, why did, why did I get this? Or how did I get this? And I'm like, well, it's, we think it's because of sun exposure over your lifetime. And they're like, oh, I didn't wear sunscreen last year when I went on holiday to Spain. I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't your holiday last year. You know, it was the sun exposure when you were 12. (laughs) Right. That continued into your 30s. The majority of the damage you've done to your skin was when you were in your teens. So can we really even avoid damage then? I mean, that's really the question, um, right? It's like... Not, not, I mean, you can by actively avoiding the sun. And this is when I try to get people to understand, I'm like, well, look at your forearm. Like, look at the, the top of your forearm and the back of your forearm. Like, your hmm. an anatomical position would be your anterior forearm. So that yeah. is your non-sun exposed or less sun exposed skin. I mean, if you just look at your forearm, you can see the difference. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> and if you look at your butt skin... um. If, unless you have like butt acne, but people, <laughs> which is a real thing, it's actually not acne, but an acne. Yeah, but it's called like 
but what is it like? I don't. It's not like back knee. Butt knee. Butt knee. They call him. <laughs> butt acne. <laughs> Unless you have bad butt acne, which some people do. It's actually a form of folliculitis. Um, your butt skin is your totally unsun exposed skin, and yeah. that you can just look at your arm and you can see the difference between the skin on the front and the back. And yeah, um, I mean, so even if like I never go in the sun, I still have photo damage on the front of my arm. Wow. You know, it's still like a little bit freckly. The skin is a different texture. It just looks, it's not as smooth and, and, and clear as the skin on the other side of my arm. Well, it's just wear and tear from yeah, living. Yeah, it's just wear and tear from living. So, you know, yeah. I haven't put sunscreen on my arms uh, for a very, very long time, but I generally don't go out in the sun. Um, you know, I don't go sunbathing ever. And I haven't, I used sunbeds when I was a teenager, but I, I didn't when I found out that they were bad for you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you can't, can you ever really completely protect yourself? um well not if you if you live a normal life right yeah. right so. and that's and that i you know i wanted you to say that because i think um we live in this like bubble mentality now you know what i mean as a world and it's like you want to protect yourself from everything but it's like there's something you cannot stop aging you know there, there's no way to stop certain molecular and cellular processes from occurring in your body and you know, and, and I think with skincare brands, that's something that really needs to start coming to the forefront is that this is not a prevention, you know, technique or this is not preventative, whatever. I don't even, I don't even want to say medicine because it's not medicine. It's not a preventative strategy to stopping aging unless you, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of uh, genome work that needs to happen to even come to that at some point in our lives, you know, in yeah. science, like this is, this is not going to stop it. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad you clarified but, on that. Um, but, you're not gonna yeah. like what, I'm but that, what I have, I've just done a post, which hasn't come out yet, but it's going to come in a couple of days on Instagram mm -hmm. about Botox as prevention. Mm. So this is totally just throwing its head, everything you just said, um, because yeah, I, so I get that question all the time. Is Botox preventive? Should I start Botox now, saying a 21-year-old patient? Um, and I've always been like, well, uh, you know, I don't really, can't really answer that because I like to answer things with a strong evidence base. Um, there, there isn't a strong evidence base for this, but there is a twin study, which is interesting. And there, there, were, there were a set of twins, females, who were followed for 19 years. Um, one of them lived in Germany, lives in Germany, and only got yeah. Botox three times in 19 years. And the other one lives in wow. California and got Botox every three to four months for, from the age of 19 years old. Oh, my gosh. 19. That's like full paralysis, yeah, isn't it, of your facial yeah, muscles? Yeah, and that's expensive. Um, and, like, I, I don't, I've never injected Botox into a teenager, like, ever. So when I saw yeah. this twin study, I was like, bloody hell, What? Anyway, so they, they did a side-by-side -side comparison, they obviously, over the, the, the like, first over 15 years. So it's been published twice, this, this paper, because they followed it over yeah. time, this one doctor. Um, and it is startling, the difference. Yeah, really? because the twin, the untreated twin, so the German twin, and they, they also accounted for um, uh, uh, for a change in, in climate. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I was yeah, just going to ask you that. Yeah. California, yeah. Because if you look at the... Um, if you look at the lower face, so Botox is only injected into the peri around the eyes, the forehead, and the frown lines, the glabella. So the lower mm -hmm. face ages naturally, right? Mm -hmm. So they have equal mm -hmm. amounts of aging in the lower face. So the nasolabial folds are equally as pronounced on both twins. Lower face sagging is equally as pronounced, so not bad. They're in their late 30s. 
So the lower base is the same. Um, in terms of photo damage, one twin does not have more photo than the other, photo damage than the other. And then also neither of them have ever had lasers or retinoids. So the only intervention has been Botox in the treated, which mm -hmm. is astounding as well, considering if someone's yeah. going to a dermatologist every three to four months for that long, but they haven't had any other treatments done. Um, they both have very good skin, neither of them had acne or any kind of skin pathology. Um, but so if you look at the lower half of the face, they have aged the same. But if you look at upper, wow. yeah, static and dynamic lines, the, the treated twin looks 10 years younger than the untreated. Um, yeah, wow. It's pretty phenomenal. And that, I'll, that before and after is going to come up on my Instagram in a couple of days uh, from that study. Oh my God. I'm still blown away. Wait a yeah. minute. So what, it's, what, what do you think is doing that? So what do yeah, you think? That's the, good I question. mean, how's is... it doing it? Well, it's not allowing the static lines to form. So because Botox oh, doesn't yeah. allow, have you ever had Botox? I know. No. Too young. Um, but so every time you move your forehead, um, you, you know, use the muscle and it creates those like, um, you know, lines. the lines. Yeah. So if you don't use yeah. that frontalis muscle and you never move your forehead, then you never create the static lines or even a remnant of the static line. So is wow. it therefore, therefore prevented? It, you can see it that way. Yeah. You're preventing the wrinkle. Same with the peri or so it, the, around the eye line, the crow's feet, the treated twin only started treating those in the last two years. But even mm. then the, the, the change was dramatic. Like the treated twin just did not have the static crow's feet when the untreated twin had the lots of them. Um, yeah. Wow. So, it's just so that's, but that's based on the idea that you just said, right. About like basically muscle, it's a muscle paralysis, right? The Botox toxin, it's, it's, that's it's, what's it's doing. It's doing, right? It's yeah, just, yeah, it's, it relaxes yeah, the muscle. Okay. It's a choline inhibitor. So it stops the, the neurons yeah. from firing. So the, um, so it blocks them. So they, the muscle just doesn't move. So um, if you, if you stop those, those muscles from moving, you know, they didn't get massive amounts of atrophy. They just didn't, they yeah. didn't get this, the treated twin didn't get any lines. So, but the, the thing is, it does have to go, you have to do it consistently for years to see the difference. Yeah. yeah. And you'll yeah. never really notice that you're preventing the lines because you never, unless you have a twin who doesn't do them. Yeah, because you never know where your lines are going to form yeah, in the first so place. Yeah, so you'll never know how old you should have looked. So yeah. It's, it's kind of one yeah. of these weird ones where it's like, well, you know, you could just do, you know, you just... I don't know. I'm really, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical because I want to know what the long-term effects well, are. Well, these, 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 I mean, you, we yeah. have been using Botox since 1980 or it was licensed by the FDA for the treatment of the frown lines, I think in the nineties. Um, yeah. so it has been used in kajillions of people since then. But what about the frequency though, right? And tell you, like this girl is getting months, them every three, three months. Because that's average how long it lasts. Well, she seems to be fine, I like health-wise. Her face is moving. Wow. Literally, they wrote in the paper, you know, no side effects. Both twins are healthy and fine. No problems. Um, and they haven't developed resistance. The, the treated twin hasn't become resistant to Botox. That's another issue because wow. of antibodies. You think sometimes some people get resistant, which is really yeah weird. and the other yeah. thing that they also wrote about and what i'm also going to write about is that botox seems to improve skin texture over time and can reduce the size really? of pores and reduce oiliness by a different mechanism wait so are you shifting from vaseline to botox <laughs> i'm confused right? I, I use both 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm no. a huge fan of Botox myself, like, or or I should yeah. say, anti wrinkle injection, um, because yeah. <laughs> anti wrinkle injection, because there's different, because Botox is a brand, um, but I mean, yeah. I I've, I'm gonna start using a different um, brand uh, just to see if I like it, because um, there's a couple of brands of, yeah. of of anti wrinkle injection now. But um, I'm a huge fan. I think it's I think it 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 if used well and used in the right patient correctly it can give really nice improvement to the appearance of fine lines. So the only, I think if we're going to talk about anti-aging, um, though, I don't yeah. like that word. I think, um, you know, Botox, the only two things I think will ever really prevent the appearance of oh wait, hold on, profile. Okay. Let me back that up. So the two things that make people look mm. old are, um, yeah. fine lines and wrinkles and also coarse lines and um uneven pigmented surface like skin surface so the appearance of right. skin texture and surface and pigmentation and lines so if you can prevent or reduce either of those so the best way to prevent them is not smoking staying out of the sun um and apparently using botox regularly <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is no seriously. You've just like taught me something completely new because I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I grew up with this mentality that Botox was, you know, it just it. I don't know. It never appealed to me. Maybe because of the the marketing that I was exposed to yeah, around yeah. it. You know what I mean? But this is this is very interesting, and I and I really want to look into this. So, really, I mean, before skincare lines pick this up and start making it as an at home Botox thing, please don't do you'll that. Never, you'll never. <laughs> Everyone's talking to me about oh, there's gonna be topical Botox. I'm like, it's not gonna happen because of the way that Botox works. You're not gonna be able yeah. to get it topically. You can't do that. Everything can't be. No, you, you won't be able to get the penetrate. It needs to activate the and activate the muscle and work on the right. nerves. So right. you're not gonna get a cream that's gonna penetrate the epidermis, dermis, the subcutaneous tissue, and then the fascia, and then go to muscle. There's, there's no right. transdermal right. delivery that's gonna do that. You know. Not gonna right. So exactly. you know, this whole concept of topical Botox is just nonsense. I mean, maybe in ten years I'll be eating my hats, but um, my words, but <laughs> but you know, it's not gonna happen. So really, um, with, so basically, the two best things to kind of keep you, besides you know, stay out of the sun, don't smoke, um, you know, use Botox and a, a retinoid, and and because that's evidence yeah. based, and that's basically it. Yeah, that's all you, that's thinking, all you need. If you really, think for... a bit hydroquinone thrown yeah. in there um used correctly and that's literally that's it flaps and bats yeah. on you're good to go yeah yeah and i i think that's that i mean that's very interesting and honestly i have been experimenting with this whole minimalistic you know thing where i literally just wash my face and then i apply a very simple moisturizer and you're right you know what i mean like i i'm not gonna lie to you when you first told me about that that's exactly what i did with my skin and most of most days, that's what I do, and I'm I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with my skin. I survived, and I'm I'm fine, and I like the way my skin looks. I don't have any issues with dullness and all that crap, you know. So it's really not what you're saying is the truth, you know. And I and I want to tell you because I I tried it on myself. So, um, yeah. So th that's great. Thank you so much, Natalia. I always learn so much from you every time we talk, and <laughs> this is. I hope I hope other people can learn from this. <laughs> um, but but yeah, um, you know, you guys out there, please check out Natalia's uh Dr. Natalia Spearing's Instagram, follow her, read her posts, please read them. They're very, very good. And 
I'll hopefully I can yes. invite you back on if you have totally. time. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So much. Thank you so much. Hey guys, this is Ekta again. Um, I just wanted to pop in and say thank you so much to everybody who has come onto the show. Um, for everybody out there listening, it means the world to us, and we put in a lot of hard work here at Skincare Anarchy to bring you guys some really good information from the experts and the people at the forefront of the skincare industry so i hope you guys enjoy our content please do not forget to rate us on spotify or itunes or google Podcasts. we really need the ratings and it helps us grow so thank you so much also i want to just mention here for any brands or um, anyone listening out there we do have a sponsorship program in place now for skincare anarchy and it's something that not only helps us grow but it's also something a way for us to give back to the entrepreneur community um, a lot of the proceeds will be going towards new startups by um, black-owned brands or uh, women in business, you know, just just groups that really are not getting a lot of um, support right now from the economy. So if you guys want, if you're interested, please email us and we can give you some more information about that. But thank you so much and stay tuned for another awesome episode coming up on Friday.